Happy New Year from Nutria Performing Arts Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhard. In part two of my interview with stage, film, and TV star Jim True Frost, Jim and I talk some more about the challenges of being a working actor. We also talk about some of his favorite experiences in film and television, but then we return to Nutria and talk about the only time that we got to work on stage together. Here now is part two of my interview with Jim True Frost. You go from Jim True Frost, the maybe going to be big movie star guy, to Jim True Frost, working actor. And I totally get some of the difficulty of that transition, but then also realizing, oh, wait, but I can do this and I'm, I'm good at it. Is there a moment where where you're kind of fighting with yourself and you're fighting with self-doubt and you're fighting with that that sense of, am I good enough or am I this or am I that? Were, at what point, I guess, after that, did you realize, hey, you know what? I'm not this, I'm this, but this is, you know, this is also really cool. Yeah. And and at that part of your career, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess it was kind of, they were kind of simultaneous, you know, in my... By the time I was in my late 20s, I guess, and I had done a uh, play on Broadway and then was, you know, occasionally, but re- repeatedly getting cast in movies and f- some small TV parts and not working side jobs for the most part. I just thought, well, I, this is it. And I have made it. I've made it in that sense. But as you say, it is just murder. You're constantly looking for the next job there's no resting there's no sense of like i've made it there's no sense that the work will come every time you're between work you're like that was it that was my last job i'm not gonna get another job and that i got those jobs was a fluke i <laughs> i fooled them and they're again they, they got wise you know yeah the self-doubt and is very very hard to get on top of i mean with in at age 57 it's certainly it's dulled a little bit and i do feel you know confident and proud of what I've done and a sense that I can continue eventually to find more work. But it's a rough life. I mean, the the uncertainty about where the income is going to be coming from, if it's going to come, the ups and downs of, uh, you know, getting a lot of rejection, you know, even the with the continued success, you get a ton of, I get a continued ton of rejection, you know, going to lots of things that I really wish I could get and I get passed up. And so it takes a certain kind of crazy. Yeah. So this is another question that was not on my list, but but this is such an interesting response you've just given me. I'm going to kind of add it in because in my in my years in business, one of the things that I discovered was what you just described about acting is something that is not dissimilar to something that is true about sales. And that is that the best salespeople, and and this is true of, of the profession itself, they have to be to some degree, if you think about it, addicted to rejection because you experience so much more rejection than you do the sale. You experience so much more rejection than getting the part. And so the attitude that you end up having to get, you know, for your sanity and success is each rejection is a great thing because it's it, because if you're only going to get picked up once every 20 times, well, I just got rejected day. Awesome. That means I've only got 18 more of those rejections before I get the next part, you know, and you and you it's almost a celebration like that. The other part, you know, doing the other part of it is those t- each of those times you learn to kind of 
this is very much out of the work we did at, at Nutria with Mrs. Adams and, and all the rest. The work is about this moment and what doing your best and, and making it something stimulating and being curious about it and, and, uh, and being, you know, allowing yourself to be, you know, to, to fail, but to, to do, you know, the possibility of, of failing just on that one level of whether you get accepted or not. But you know that that's not what you're trying to do, not just trying to get the job. You're trying to do a good acting job in each audition. And so that I've heard a couple of great, you know, older seasoned actors say something similar where it was like, it's like you, you really, you, um, it was Brian Cranston. He had a great way of describing it. He just said, you know, I got to the point where I was like, you have to it has to be on some level irrelevant there's a part there's always gonna be a part of you that's like i hope i get it and oh shit i didn't get it but uh, uh if if you can't make it at all unless there's a much much bigger part of you that's like i nailed that i did so great in that audition and that feeds you and that's what takes you to the next one even if you don't get the job tim walsh when i interviewed him talked about uh one of the things that mrs adams said he said you know dare to fail yeah, and it was one of Mrs. Adams' things, and, and yeah, uh, dare yeah. to be and dare to be bad. Dare to be That's bad. That's how we quoted. Yeah. Dare he to be quote, bad. He quoted her, yeah. and I and I remembered at that point. That is what she said. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. the truth. That's cool. So, having discussed all of those things, let me ask you: Do you have a favorite TV and or film experience throughout your career? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the job on The Wire was so satisfying because it was repeated, you know, over several seasons and your character grew and you had the repeated experience in front of the camera. So so that's tops. But there were some really couple of really nutty, I mean, like tasty, like a nut, not nutty, crazy, um, really great independent films that I love. One was St. Francis, which was just a few years ago, a bunch of great Chicago actors in it, written by and starring Kelly O'Sullivan, a Chicago actress, directed by Alex Thompson. And then another one, which was directed by Campbell Scott called Off the Map, which shot in Taos, New Mexico, which you and I were just talking about oh, earlier. Yeah. Um, both of those sort of stand out for me because th they're the kind of films that I that I stand around waiting for something like that to come along. And those, so those were ones where like, I just felt like, yes, this is what I could, if I could have a career with some of these in it, I would be happy. And there I, and there I was, you know, in, in the, in the middle of New Mexico on a pretty small independent film budget by, by, by Hollywood standards, but with great actors, Joan Allen from Steppenwolf. Oh my God. <laughs> and my friend Campbell directing and it was a play it came from a play off the map was originally a play on uh, Joan Ackerman and um so yeah those are my kind of my two favorites we are having a great conversation and a great time talking with stage tv and film actor Jim True Frost and we're gonna take a quick break we will be right back friends are you looking for a great way to show your support for new performing arts stories well, I've now written four books, including nonfiction books about business, romance, and humor, and of course, a science fiction novel. So go to Amazon.com and type my name into that search bar. That's D-U-A-N-E-B-U-R-G-H-A-R-D. And grab yourself a great new book today. And we are back. We are talking with Jim True Frost. 
one of the most fun things about this show, the the in fact, the most fun thing about this show for me as the host is when I get to interview people who I knew and who I got to work with at New Trier. And I get to close the shows by telling those guests what I remember. Now, <laughs> this is another thing that you and I have in common that is also true of me and Rain Wilson uh, when I was interviewing him recently, because you and I were both very active in Nutrier Theater for years. And yet, and I, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is true. The only time that you and I performed on stage together was my very last show was, was Cyrano. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I saw you do a bunch of things, right? I, I, I assume you saw me do a, a few, but we never ended up in the same cast and until the very end. So, but I did watch you. And I was thinking about this in the days leading up to our, our interview today. And there's a quote from Cyrano, which I'm going to, which I'm going to read to you that mm -hmm. I think speaks to what I remember of you although the first statement in this quote is not true of you, but it is this. I may not cut a stylish figure, but I hold my soul erect. I wear my deeds as ribbons. My wit is sharper than the finest mustache. And when I walk among men, I make truths ring like spurs. <laughs> and that was Jim True. Too, too kind. Too, too kind. Thank you, Dwayne. I mean, I, I don't know how how I could have pulled off that role. Suzanne Adams really gave me a big lift when she gave me that part. It was such a I knew how much she loved the play and she really sort of connected with the play and that that spirit of it, that sort of soulful integrity and and all the messages of that play and that part. And so uh, just to, to have been blessed and told by somebody you really cared about and respected, you can do this. You are up to this. You can fill these shoes. That was just such a blessing. Yeah. And I remember you too, Dwayne. And I, when I heard you talking with, um, I can't remember who now, but telling the story about you getting stabbed. On Walsh. Oh, yeah. Walsh. Phil my Phil Clement story. Yeah. Phil will be on the show someday <laughs> and we'll talk about that more in depth. Yeah. That's that true. Hilarious. I can't. And I remember it came back to me. I mean, there's so many things I'm I can't that I'm not remembering. It's so great to have those memories come back. I'm glad you're OK. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, I was so disappointed. I, I remember going down underneath, you know, the, in the dressing room area the, where all the makeup stations are. And that's where they ran me down to after the curtain falls. And my costume is torn and we lift it up and we look at me and there's just like there's maybe like a scratch that's maybe about a millimeter long, if that. And there's just this like little red mark. And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> all of that. And that's all I get. Could have been a safety pin. Or something. I could, couldn't I at least get an emergency room visit? I mean, what the hell? If I'm it just it was it was one of those things that I remember. We are just, so lucky. That's all that was during that yeah. show because with all <laughs> those blades flying around. It, you you think about that show, and and I I wasn't necessarily going to discuss this, but it was it really was one of the great shows of its time. There's 136 people I think in the cast, and there's six weeks of fencing lessons, and there's a forty thousand dollar costuming budget, and yeah. it it really was an amazing production. And yes, Mrs. Adams, it was her vision, and she did an amazing job with it. But to come back to something that you said about her giving you that opportunity. I'll tell you what I think made that show in particular work. And it really came down to, first of all, Mrs. Adams remains. And I've told her this. 
it, one of the greatest casting directors in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. I, I think that if she had not ended up at Nutrier, she could have easily been one of the most successful and one of the most world-renowned casting directors on Broadway, in Hollywood, anywhere. She just has this unbelievable sense for who the right person is in, in the right role at the right time. And to that point, one of the things that makes that made that show work so well at the time was the big three. It was you and Rain and Stacy. Mm-hmm. And not and it wasn't any one of you, but it was the combination of the three of you mm-hmm. and how that played. And you and Rain in particular, because you were talking about, you know, being into yoga and being into meditation and and thinking. That was something that you and Rain clearly. Now hold off on that thinking. I don't think I said thinking. I, I, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say think. You overestimate me. You and Rain had that in common, and that you you know the kind of big thought, deep thought people kind of thing. And I think that that also there's something about that commonality that shows through in the relationship that you end up having on stage. And that was that was really cool. So it's so funny what stays with us. You know, I remember doing with with Rain a scene in acting class from the great play Beckett. And I remember doing a scene with Stacy from Dylan, if I'm not mistaken, about Dylan Thomas. And but my memory of Cyrano is kind of a blur. I mean, I think it was such a huge part. And I mean, I, it was a delight and I would have to, you know, I'll never forget it as a great, great memory from high school and, and a, a sort of a big launching pad for me to playing a huge part like that. And so I remember tackling it. I remember, you know, studying the speeches and doing the fencing lessons and all the rest. And I adored working with both of them. But is I think it might require another therapy session with you, Dwayne, to get <laughs> <laughs> to get it out. Well, yeah, but well, I you... do. But in in short, I totally agree with you. I loved with the two the two of them and working working of the three of us in those three parts really was special. It was fun. Yeah. Well, you are you're welcome back for a, for another therapy session at at any time, sir. Um, our our guest today has been actor Jim True Frost. Jim, it is a privilege to have you on New Trip Performing Arts Stories. And like Rain, I'll tell you one other thing uh, that I, I said to him. I hope that you know that many of your Nutria Theater friends do see you from time to time on our TV and movie screens. And when we do, we are proud of what you're doing and what you've done. And it means something to have one of us be where you are. And so uh, we wish you the very best. So thank you. Thank Thank you for Thank saying that. That really means a lot to me. And, and I uh, I loved talking to you and have such great memory and, and uh, feelings of love and friendship about so many people we worked with back then. So thanks for bringing me in for your show. Well, that was a great interview and great fun with an old friend. And for the first time this season, there's more. In the next few days, I will post the first After Hours bonus feature of season two featuring Jim and I having even more fun after the show is over. But for now, this episode of Nutria Performing Art Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives, LLC. It is written, directed, produced, and edited with great care by yours truly, 
Dwayne Burkhardt. If you have comments or suggestions, please email info at NutrierPADStories.com. If you're in the Nutrier area, the Performing Arts Department returns to life next week with the Dance Ensemble Showcase. The performance is this coming Wednesday, January 10th at 7 p.m. in Cornog Auditorium on the Northfield campus. And while I'm talking about dance, please join us next week when my guest will be professional dancer turned Nutrier dance teacher, Laura Deutsch. Until then, thanks for listening. Please hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time.